In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome and thank you for joining me here today. I look forward to an hour of wonderful wisdom from our guests today. Women have been starting businesses at a higher rate than men for the last 20 years. And they will create over half of the nearly million new small business jobs expected to be created by 2018. Imagine that almost half of those by women business owners. And women are moving into middle management and executive roles at an unprecedented rate, yet they're still slow to move into the very top leadership positions. Why is that? Are men simply better leaders than women? Well, today we have many of those answers for you. Co-authors Dr. Sharon Hadari and Laura Henderson have compiled 20 years of research, interviews with highly successful women leaders, and their own years of expertise to author their book, How Women Lead, The Eight Essential Strategies Successful Women Know. They're here on the Million Dollar Mindset to fill us in on the fabulous insights they've shared in their book. Let me tell you a little bit about them. As the former and founding executive director of the Center for Women's Business Research, Dr. Sharon Hadari has been a leader in creating social change for women for over two decades. She has been a corporate executive, a researcher, a consultant, a teacher, and an entrepreneur. And when it comes to women's entrepreneurial and corporate leadership, she knows the people as well as the data. And Laura Henderson is an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, and author. She's known for her innovative management style, her role as an advocate for women in business, and her active participation in public policy on the national, state, and local levels. At age 32, Laura left corporate America to found Prospect Associates, and she grew that company to over $20 million in revenues with nearly 200 employees. After learning that managing in the traditional male role model was neither effective for her nor consistent with her leadership strengths, she began a lifelong involvement in advocating for women in business. And I am incredibly honored to welcome both of you to the Million Dollar Mindset today. Well, we're excited to be here. Thank you. And this is Sharon. So am I. Hi, Sharon. I'm thrilled to have you both here. You know, I've been curious, and and, uh, I was wondering if you would share with our audience how the two of you set your sights together on co-authoring this fabulous book that I have in my hands. 
Well, we had been thinking about or talking about writing a book for almost 15 years. Oh and the reason we wanted to write a book is we were seeing in our research, we were seeing in our own personal experience that, in fact, women were leading differently and that that difference was very effective, that the businesses that they were leading or the businesses that they were part of were more profitable than the other businesses with fewer women in leadership. And today what's really exciting is not only do we believe this, but we uh, also have a body of research from prestigious uh, sources documenting that. So we wanted to write a book that would give women the knowledge to lead like a woman, to gain the credentials that she needs to achieve her goals, to invest in her personal well-being, and to be a change agent for other women. Mm. It was important for Sharon, and this is Laura, this is important for Sharon and me, to also take what we learned and to share it, because we believe so strongly that it is, as Sharon said, the job of every woman to help every other woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thank you for taking that on. What an incredibly huge mission. <laughs> it was exciting. Yeah, I'm sure it has. And I'm hearing that your book is just all the rage, that it's quite successful out there, not only with women, but also with the male leaders. We're finding that there's a lot of interest from men. In fact, on Amazon.com, half of our reviewers are men, which is exciting. Um <laughs> We believe that uh, what we're saying is probably true for anyone trying to um, build a career, but we do believe that there are certain issues and barriers that women face that um, the book talks to and gives them the confidence to lead as women, to lead the way that is consistent with who they are and how they think and how they work, and that is why... Um, you know, A, we wrote the book, but because why it is so important for women. And we also think men want to learn how women manage and what they do, one, to learn from them, and two, because the world is now beginning to have a lot of women uh, they may have as bosses. Mm-hmm. Well, even and the other thing, uh, Marla, this is Sharon, that we see is uh, we believe that the conversation is no longer who leads better, women or men. What we believe is and what we see is that it really is the integration of how women lead and how men lead that results in a more productive and nimble and profitable organization and also results in an organization that people want to work for. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. It's it's amazing the more you're hearing about this and that it's the combination of the male leader and the female leader that really make the power leader. Not to say they can't each stand on their own and be incredible leaders. We have so many in our times and in the past, but combining the two uh, methods of leadership is so incredibly powerful. And Lori, you mentioned just a few minutes ago the barriers in the challenges that women encounter. Why don't we go ahead and talk about some of the barriers and challenges that the two of you have seen as most common? Well, 
one is the um, ability for women to believe in themselves as leaders because they are consistently told or have been historically told they're not as good lead as good leaders and in our history we certainly have had periods of time where women had to imitate men dress like them and that kind of thing to be able to get jobs and to get promotions but thankfully that time has passed but there's also um issues around the roles that women play in our society, in the home, with children, uh, with caretaking of older parents. Um, They need more flexibility in their jobs. Historically, all of the benefits and, uh, you know, kind of uh, rules of the workplace have been designed around men, and those are very difficult for women to live with quite often with their other responsibilities that they not only have as responsibilities, but they want to do. It's, it's, they don't want a monolithic life. They want to have a career, but they want to have a personal and family life, too. And then there are um, the challenges of getting the opportunities in the workplace, for instance, to be involved in issues around profit and loss, to manage a department where you're responsible for profit and loss. One of the barriers that women face is because they're often put in staff positions rather than in a direct line positions, which is one of the reasons that is stated that women don't make it past middle management sometimes. Sharon, you might want to add to this. Well, I think this whole issue of having the profit and loss experience and recognizing is, uh, you know, we have eight success strategies, and number five is to translate the stories numbers tell to drive strategic results. And so often women have not been in positions where they uh, can drive profit. Uh, it, what's very interesting is that Texas Instruments recognized this just recently. They realized they had a number of women in middle management who had engineering backgrounds and were doing a fabulous job, but they weren't moving up. And so they uh, actually were proactive, not only in uh, giving the women education about uh, leading a profit and loss organization, but putting them in those kinds of positions with a mentor so that they could be very, very successful. And I think these are the kinds of things that we're seeing where as corporations are recognizing the value of women, some of the leading ones are saying, we're going to do something about this. And I think the challenge that I would uh, call out to other organizations is they, too, should be proactive in saying, where are some of these things that are keeping our brightest women from getting ahead? And how do we address them? And then there are issues around advocating for themselves, around women really asking for what they want and being um, willing to go in with the business rationale that supports what they're looking for in the workplace, both as benefits but also promotions and those kinds of things. So in our book, we talk quite a bit about how one advocates for oneself, and that is um, a skill that women um, are beginning to develop very well. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going into a break in about a minute. And when we come back, Sharon and Laura, I'd, I'd love to address what Laura mentioned earlier, the flexibility that, you know, the roles that women play in society require more flexibility. And I'm curious if the corporations out there are providing that flexibility at a more regular basis. And I'd also like to chat about uh, women finding entrepreneurship as the answer to the problems where they're not finding the flexibility and the ability to climb that corporate ladder uh, as as uh, quickly and effectively as their male counterparts. So thank you for being here, everyone, today. Please go on over to Inc.com and see the article that uh, we've posted, the interview with Sharon and Laura, and uh, leave a comment over there for us, Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togedet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. If you've ever been confused about the facts surrounding non-surgical rejuvenation and cosmetic plastic surgery, we're pleased to introduce to the Rockstar Radio Network audience, Spirit Lift, Plastic Surgery for the Soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, host Kim McKenna and plastic surgeon Dr. Sadi Irfani will help dispel the myths surrounding this exciting field and lift the veil of mystery on a very important topic. With advances in nutrition and self-care, many of us want to look as young and vibrant outside as we feel inside. Plus, listeners will be able to call in live and share their questions and get advice on the air. A show where you will learn how to look and feel your best and be your best. Join us to have your spirit lifted on Spirit Lift, plastic surgery for the soul. Each Thursday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. 
And we're here discussing how women lead with Dr. Sharon Hadari and Laura Henderson, co-authors of How Women Lead, The Eight Essential Strategies Successful Women Know. Fabulous book. Make sure and pick up a copy. Going into break, ladies, we were talking about the flexibility that uh, women need because of the roles we play in society. Talk to us a little bit about that, will you, about about corporations, because I'm not connected there anymore. (laughs) So um, how are things going on the corporate side? Are they providing more of that flexibility? What's interesting, and this is Sharon, um, is that more and more uh, the leaders are talking about this flexibility not as a women's issue, but as a family issue. It turns out that it's not only the women who want the flexibility to be able to spend time with family or for or those who don't have, perhaps have family, want to focus on some personal issues. And so more and more it's the men as well as the women who are looking for flexibility. And, you know, with the advent of technology today, there are so many options for flexibility where you can uh, work from home, you can telework um, half a day, a full day. Uh, Some of the corporations are also beginning to look at uh, reduced hours, uh, particularly in the uh, services, the legal and the uh, consulting services uh, firms. They're beginning to say, you know, you could work fewer hours uh, and still stay on a partnership track. So I think, first of all, women are recognizing, one, they have to create the solution and use what's available to them. Two, they have to make the case to the corporation, and then they have to to live with it. But I think the corporations are beginning to recognize that it is so important to retain valuable human capital that they need to be also looking at how do they restructure work to allow both women and men to have the flexibility that they need to both fulfill their professional and their family and personal goals. I also, good. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Laura. Uh, I also think that women are learning that it's defining what success is. It's defining success as a mother. It's defining success as a family member. It's defining success in your job. If you go with the average everyday definition of what a successful mother career person is, you, you will limit yourself. But if you search your own heart and find what you believe success is and use that as a guide to plan your life, I think that you can find uh, the, we don't believe balance exists, but you can find a way to have the things in your life that you want and need. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, even as a coach, life balance is a myth, but we do have <laughs> different types of balance that we can achieve. And uh, I think you're right. You know, women have to learn to self advocate and uh, and figure out what what life balances to them and what success is to them. Now, as a coach, I have a lot of female clients who come to me and say, you know, it just wasn't happening for me in corporate America. I was missing my children, or I couldn't go back to work after I had this little baby. And and so they've created businesses for themselves. In many cases, they've created jobs for themselves, but uh, still they're finding it much more satisfactory than going back into corporate America. At what rate do you think women are doing this? And does it still seem like the answer for women who are fortunate enough to have that choice? 
Well, women, this is Laura. For women, uh, over the last 25 years, uh, women are starting companies at about twice the rate of men, which is astounding. And they're doing it for lots of reasons. Uh, one, they believe that they uh, can create a better product. They believe they can create perhaps a better uh, workplace. Um, they may do it because they want to uh, to, st- to not have a uh, you know ten hour day while they have small children, and so they do it so they can have greater flexibility in their lives. So some women do it and stick with it. Some women do it during a short time phase of their lives, but they come up with wonderful ideas that differentiate them in the marketplace. Uh, their style of leadership is very, very good for an entrepreneurial environment if they want to have employees and build a larger organization. So uh, it gives women a lot of flexibility in choosing what they want their life to be like and what they want it to be like in different phases of their lives. And what a lot of women tell us is part of the value of starting your own business is you create the culture that you want. And mm-hmm. it's part of that culture is often, uh, as one of them said, you know, we, we actually consult with employees and we listen and we respond and we involve them. So the, the women's style of leadership, which is collaborative, inclusive, and cons- consultative, they can create that kind of culture, and that's part of what leads to the success of many of these women's, women-owned entrepreneurial organizations. Yeah. I know that was true for me. I loved using my, um, my company almost as a laboratory where I could try <laughs> ideas and, from an organizational development point of view and see what worked and what didn't work. And, uh, it was um, it was it was just really wonderful to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, it truly is, and uh, <laughs> it is. I love it, and that is one of the differences in you know the collaborative uh, approach and 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 listening and and creating a different type of uh, culture, if you will, that that I think women really excel at. What are some of the the other differences between the way that men and women lead, understanding that they're both strong leaders, they both have, you know, their assets and their strengths, but our brains are different. We think differently. What what other differences do you, do you note in your book? Well, first of all, women tend to be more holistic in how they look at issues. Men will tend to focus on the facts. Uh, that are on the table, uh, they'll focus on the numbers. Women will add a context of what are the personnel issues, what are the organizational issues, how does this tie in with our vision? And as a result of that, they very often identify opportunities that others may have missed. They uh, identify um, places where perhaps the action would have would be counterproductive, you know. You would think about the unintended consequences of a decision. Very often through their, um, through the way they look at bringing in additional uh, considerations, they identify those unintended consequences and are able to address them uh, before they happen. Uh, we also find uh, that women focus on not only uh, what is the question, but are we asking the right question? 
Mm-hmm. So that they're they're bringing a, a different focus uh, to the workplace. And finally, when women look at how do how they communicate, how they present issues. They do it in terms of what it means to the employee and how it supports the employee. Employee can't even say that word, right? Or, <laughs> or when they're uh, presenting uh, to the customer or when they're dealing with vendors. It's in terms of how do we create something that is successful for both of us. And Laura, of course, was such a successful uh, leader. And I, would you, uh, you probably have things that you can add to this, Laura. Uh, one of my favorite studies, uh, our book is based on research, and uh, one of the studies that to me was really uh, exciting because it, it surprised the researchers, and that was um, the role of women on teams. The MIT was doing a study looking at how you could predict the group intelligence of a group. (laughs) So if you had put a group together or a team together uh, to do special projects, were there ways you could predict which group would be most successful. And they came up with a hypothesis that would be either the group intelligence, the IQ of the group, uh, the average, or if you put one really, really high IQ person in the group. When they did the research, uh, none of their hypotheses proved to be high predictors. But when they went back and looked at the data, they only found one high predictor, and that was the number of women in the group. Wow. Wow. And, uh, in fact, in their press release, they say, we were surprised, (laughs) as it wasn't one of the things we were looking at. Now, it wouldn't have surprised any of us. But women's ability to draw the best out of the people they work with and their ability to lead teams that come up with high-quality solutions, um, you know, was shown in the study, and uh, I, I, I really, really liked that. Uh, also, Harvard has been uh, looking at women leaders and male leaders as a group, and they find that there is a, uh, an increase in the number of women who are getting very high marks. Uh, Sharon is the research guru in, uh, in our duo, and uh, she'll remember the numbers while I'll remember the outcome. But basically, uh, it showed that peers, um, colleagues, and uh, superiors all rated uh, women, and Sharon will give you the numbers. <laughs> Well, it, it turns out in that particular study that when, uh, as Laura said, when uh, their direct reports, their peers and their uh, bosses uh, rated uh, women and men leaders, women rated higher. And what's particularly interesting is when you get to the highest level of, se- of senior leadership, the difference was 10%. Women were were rated 10% better as leaders by this group, uh, including their bosses, uh, than uh, were men. 
Uh, I also want to go back. Sharon, we're actually going to go into break, so we're going to come (laughs) back to that point in just a minute. I can't believe we're halfway through this show already. Amazing. So make sure to check out the website, HowSuccessfulWomenLead.com, HowSuccessfulWomenLead.com, and pick up a copy of this fabulous, fabulous book, How Women Lead, The Eight Essential Strategies Successful Women Know. This is Marla Tabaka, and you can find me as always over at MarlaTabaka.com. Please shoot me your questions and show suggestions. I always love hearing from you. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. And there's no stopping us. Join host Kaylin Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kaylin helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kaylin for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here taking a look at the strengths, the barriers, and the challenges that women face as leaders with co-authors Dr. Sharon Hadari and Laura Henderson. So, Sharon, going into break, you were about to make another important research comment. Tell us about that. Well, I was going to move back 
to this uh, research that was done on women in groups and why the groups were more productive and had more effective solutions. And part of the reason they saw was that women are skilled at making sure that everyone has a chance to contribute their idea and at creating a synthesis of ideas and that that is as important or even more important to them than for themselves to have the right answer, but to do that synthesis. So that's really important. But I want to move us along to one, uh, to a couple of other things. And Marla, especially I, you and I have talked uh, in the past about this whole idea of the million-dollar mindset, and you know that I love that title as, uh, as much or almost as much at least as you. And one of the uh, one of our strategies that I think is extremely important for women is to translate the stories numbers tell to drive strategic results. This whole issue of having that mi- that million dollar at plus mindset and having the skills and business acumen to deliver on it. And I'm going to turn this over to Laura. Remember, Laura grew her business from mm-hmm. nothing to a $20 million business. She is the role model for all of us. <laughs> yes, you are, Laura. A little pressure on you here, girl. <laughs> well, it was a wonderful journey, and I enjoyed almost every day of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But one of the things that I learned along the way is that the role of anyone in management is to take care of the health of the organization. And the only way you can take care of the health of the organization is to really be sensitive to the political situation, the cultural situation, and all those aspects, but especially to the financial situation. And what we hear and what we see with women is when they are involved in discussions about the financial aspects of the organization, they quite often start with, well, I'm not very good at numbers, or uh, I'm not really, you know, focused on the financial aspects, which denigrates anything that they say afterwards. And we hope that our book really carries a very strong message that to be in management and to make it to the top of organizations requires that you really, really develop business acumen, that you learn about the finances, that you understand how your your organization makes money, how it loses money, how your part of the organization fits into it, and that you really make your decisions with, and also besides your decisions, when you advocate those things, you make those choices in that advocacy around the issue of the financial advantage to the organization of whatever actions you want taken. And we believe that women um, have not focused on this as much as they need to and that this has limited their movement up in organization. We also want to carry the message that it's not really about the numbers. It's about stories the numbers tell what it tells you about your organization and how decisions are made and how big risk takers they are or not 
and those kinds of things. And furthermore, that it's a lot of fun. You gain a great deal of respect from the community when you understand the numbers. And this is something we believe very strongly that women need to focus on uh, as they go forward, in fact, from the very beginning of their careers. Um, it's what I had to learn, uh, and there are people who will mentor you through this learning process in your organization and who bring along wisdom in addition to, you know, the information. So we're encouraging that women really, really focus on the development of business acumen, not only for their businesses, but also having that million-dollar mindset um, so that you really understand your own financial uh you know, situation and what you're building for for your uh, future, your development of your own personal wealth uh, as you go through your career. Mm-hmm. Well, Laura, I think that's uh, we've got the title for your next book, How to Make Numbers Fun for Women in Business. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many uh, female business owners who would agree that numbers are fun, but we sure would like to see it that way. And it is amazing how many clients come into coaching and they have never, ever, ever, ever looked at a P&L or don't even know how to pull one and don't know the stories that their numbers tell. What do you think it is? I mean, I don't buy that they're just not really good at numbers. What is it? Why do Well, they- research, <laughs> and I can't quote it, but research has shown that women are as good, you know, uh, at yeah. numbers. But they, I mean, one is they've been told they aren't, or we have been told we aren't. Um, and uh, we often enter the business world through the more technical side of, uh, of a job rather than, yes. you know, through the financial end. And uh, it has not been, I don't think people have been really encouraged um, to make that a top priority. And, um, you know, we in the book tried to say, you know, here's, here, here are what the, you know, the financial um, reports are and here is what they tell you. And, you know, hoping to kind of somehow make it easy, because, I mean, uh, more approachable because, again, it's, it's the comparison with the last three quarters, perhaps, rather than what the numbers actually are um, that you want to know. So it, it's, it's not necessarily about learning the numbers, it's learning the stories. Mm-hmm. And what is it you have to look for? What are the trends? What's an important trend? How can you compare yourself with your competitors? Uh, how do you look at uh, where you are today and measure whether or not your department or your business, if you're an entrepreneur, your business uh, or your organization is moving in the right direction? And one of the key ways to do that is to figure out what are the the indicators that will tell me that we are doing it right and we're headed to being a million dollar or more organization and what are the ones that say are saying we're off track so it gives you a way of saying how do we adjust how do we measure against our goals and one of the things that many women have told us is they've spent time with their financial people and said and identified these are the trends, these are the things I need to know so that when they're being, when the numbers come to them, 
they're being presented in a way that reflects what's important to their measurement of their organization. And I think that's really important. We, we tend to believe that we have to know that numbers are about arithmetic. Numbers are not about arithmetic. Numbers are about how you can use them to, uh, to evaluate where you are today and where you're going. I think one of the differences between men and women um, is in this area what we know is that the average person who starts a company does not know how to read a balance sheet. However, I think that men have been told they need to understand this, and they go out and learning learn it. I think that women have to be told and have to believe that this is totally um, a priority. Um, one of the people we interviewed for the book said it's not about whether women are good at this. It's about the fact that women don't believe in themselves, and they need to go out and first believe it's important and necessary, and second, uh, to believe they're pretty smart people if uh, they've gotten where they are and that they can learn this and do it well. And I just want to add one piece of research, and then we'll move on to other topics. <laughs> what, we, what we found in research looking at businesses that were over a million versus those that were not that successful, uh, at least in terms of their uh, revenue, uh, was that the women who owned the larger businesses were more likely to run uh, financial reports, ran more financial reports more often and embrace those financial reports as part of their business strategy decisions. So that, I mean, there's actually data that says that differentiates the larger businesses from the smaller businesses. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I could see that, and I agree. In, in, in my clients, what I see with my clients is those who are willing to look at the numbers often uh, start to understand the stories they tell. We've got just a couple of minutes before break. And I know we've been discussing a lot of your strategies here. You, you gals are giving away a lot. This is fabulous. <laughs> but I want to uh, ask you about another one, about building teams. We said earlier that uh, women build exceptional teams, that we have that innate ability. And uh, many of the women that I work with are just hiring their first employees and beginning to bring on new people onto the team. And when we come back from break, I'd really love to talk about how to build those teams and how to know who to look for and to know if that person is going to fit into the culture that you are creating in your business and and what you see for the future of your business. That seems to be a challenge for for many people. So again, everyone, make sure that you head on over to Inc. because we did a lovely interview with these ladies and it is live today over at Inc.com, Inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco and head on over to their website at howsuccessfulwomenlead.com howsuccessfulwomenlead.com you'll find some goodies there you'll be able to purchase the book over on Amazon or probably in your local bookstore is that right ladies? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And this is Great Marla's. Yeah. 
good. And this is Marla Tabaka. You'll find me at MarlaTabaka.com. Please go ahead. Send me your questions and your ideas for shows. I always look forward to receiving those. And I always look forward to hearing from you. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes as we go into this break. Thanks for being here. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude. And Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we are already in the final segment of this rich show. I'm just loving this. It goes so fast, though. You know, ladies, I have um, a couple of clients who own a company together, and they have built their baby up over to a million dollars in a very short time. And they've done it just with a couple of contractor contract employees in place. And now it's time for them to start bringing on, as they call them, real employees. And, and it's a huge, exciting but huge step for them and you know it's 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 kind of like having a baby only you get to choose the qualities the strengths and the skills that the baby comes into uh, the world with talk to us a little bit about you know how women build teams and what their strengths are around finding the right person to place on those teams and and leading the teams 
Well, I think I think we all struggle with with uh, finding the right team members, but they, that is critical. You know, the more senior a position you have, the less actual work you do of, of a technical nature, and the more uh, work you do through other people. So, learning to do work through other people and having the right people there um, is critical. I think first always hire people who are better than you are at what you're hiring them to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really easy if you're hiring an accountant. Mm-hmm. But if you love marketing, it's a little more challenging to do um, if you are uh, going to hire something that somebody better at what you really love. But make sure you always hire people better than you are. Uh, the next thing for women is that they, women are immensely uh, driven by their values. They have very strong values. They live by them. They make their decisions by them. They run their organizations by them. So make sure that the people you hire have um, the ability or have very similar values. It will make it much easier to work together and to delegate you it's easier to delegate to people who you think will uh, have the same set of values. So, Laura, um, how, how, do you, how do you figure that out? How do you, in a series of job interviews, really understand what somebody's values are? Well, one of the things that we say in the book is to hire fast and fire, no, to hire slowly and fire fast. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, and so... You know, you want to spend the time. You want to have uh, other people in your organization interview them. We had a, a, a receptionist test. How did the interviewee treat our receptionist? Uh, and the receptionist knew she was a tester uh, because one of the philosophies and the, and the values we had as an organization, it, it, was, it was non-hierarchical. Your value was not based on your title or where you fit in the hierarchy. It was based on how well you did the job that you had. Um, we, you know, we hired very slowly, but we, we did hire uh, people with similar values. And when we doubled in size uh, in about three months, um, mm. we made mistakes because we didn't take the time we needed the staff so fast. We hired on credentials rather than seeing whether there was a good fit between the organization. And um, we also looked for specific characteristics, their ability to um, what I call have figure it out smarts, the ability to do something when you don't know how to do it, but to have the intelligence to, uh, to figure it out, to have the common sense, the critical thinking skills, uh, the good communication skills. So there were sets of things that we looked at. Um, and as if you're, as you said, your, uh, your clients are entrepreneurs. And one of the things you want to be sure of is that they have a, an appreciation for the value of the entrepreneur because a lot of people want to save the entrepreneur from herself. So you want to be sure they really understand the valuable role that you as the entrepreneur play. And as far as interviews, you just 
try to find out what that person's passions are, what turn the light, their lights on, you know, mm-hmm. um, and what you, how you feel they're going to fit in with the other team members, and it will come out. Yeah. Great. And how about managing teams? What, what are women's strengths there? I think women's strengths there are, first of all, that they, they, go, they have shared values, as Laura has already said, but they share the vision. So it's shared vision. And what they do is they bring together people. They give them the responsibilities and the authority to move forward and to solve problems and to bring them uh, to bring them forth, they they uh, want to hear, as we just said earlier, they want everybody's ideas. Uh, they value diversity in ideas, and they value bringing together a synthesis. I think the other thing we're seeing, uh, which it, it, for whether it's women who are in the corporate environment or entrepreneurial women who may be involved in the community, is that increasingly we are addressing issues and problems and solutions through teams. So it's not just about uh, can you lead a team. It's also being aware of how to be a good team member, uh, and and those are that both of those skills are extremely um, important. So, um, and I'd like to move on just because I know your time is short, Marla. We'd love to talk to you for another three hours, but I, <laughs> I suspect the uh, the time on the show runs out. Yeah, um, we probably have about seven minutes. <laughs> so, so we we've in a way we've gone through uh, the first six of our eight success strategies. Uh, but there are two that we think are important, and we'd like to talk to each of those for a moment. One of them is to nurture your greatest, greatest asset, you. And in there, we talk about a couple of things. One of the most important things is to realize that in your life, first of all, um, I, quite frankly, I believe that balance is a myth that's been foisted off on women, that uh, it's really about integration. And that goes back to, as Laura talked about, your goals and your values and your priorities. You set priorities based on your goals and on your values. And so in your life, uh, you, maybe you will not be uh, – doing everything at one time. Your life is composed of your personal life, your professional life, your community life, your personal life. And you have to say, what's important at this point in time, and how do I integrate all of that? How do I also build the networks that will support me in doing this integration? So the whole idea of personal integration um, of your the different parts of your life is extremely important and you need to be strategic about it for yourself. Learn that you don't have to do it all yourself. I think as many of the women said to us, the most difficult thing was to realize that I could hire, when I had the money, I could hire someone to clean the house or I could hire someone to drive the children to to school if they needed to be or to walk a dog or to do uh, the, uh, the marketing or whatever uh, it was. They said learning that you didn't have to do everything yourself and choosing the things where you uniquely were val- uh, could make a difference. So, I, so that's one of that. We also, in that uh, nurture yourself, is we hear from the most successful women 
how important it is to invest in lifelong learning, to invest in your own personal health. In a study of of C-level, you know, top-level corporate women, 82% said good health is critical to peak performance. So not dismissing your health. And finally, investing in your spirituality. Mm. So uh, as you look at yourself and how you nurture yourself, all of these things are so important. It is important. That self-nurturance, I think, is at the top of the list because only a healthy leader can lead a company well and and to see its vision to fruition. But what I get what I get back when I make that point to my clients, ladies, is uh, I don't have the time. How do I make the time? What do you say to that? Well, I think uh, one of the things that you have to say is you can't pick up on opportunities if you don't have the time. And as a business person, you really have to have the time to sit back, to think Mm -hmm. about things, and uh, to enjoy the journey. Uh, Enjoy the journey as you move through your career, not believing that it's all going to be enjoyed at the end of the journey. But finding the time for yourself and finding the time uh, to celebrate what you have achieved and women um, and probably men too, uh, don't take that time to celebrate. Women tend to put their flaws up in neon lights and give their uh, successes away. So one of the things that we feel very strongly about is women taking the time to celebrate um, their journey along the way and to really understand what they've achieved and how remarkable it has been. You're and right. one of the things we've heard over and over again from the women, and it really goes back to what Laura was saying, is always be open to serendipity. <sighs> yeah, serendipity is that wonderful word that Mary Poppins used with the children <laughs> about accept that the unexpected will happen. And so many of the women said you can't afford to get so focused on your day-to-day activities that you don't see these opportunities that come along, sometimes that look like they're taking you off on a detour and may end up being the most important thing for your career, for your family, for yourself. As one of the people we interviewed said, you know, don't underestimate the importance of happy accidents in your life. Oh, what a wonderful thing to close the show with. I love that. Don't underestimate the importance of happy accidents in your life. Ladies, this has been a wonderful experience. Thanks for sharing your wealth of knowledge and wisdom and experience with us. My goodness, it's been such an honor. Please, everyone, make sure to go on over to the website, How Successful Women Lead, HowSuccessfulWomenLead.com, and uh, pick up this book. There's just uh, amazing information in here. With, with the, the, the research and everything you need to back it up. So you'll be quite impressed. You'll learn quite a lot from this book. And join us next week. We're going to dabble a little bit in some fun feng shui. And you'll find out how to bring feng shui into your life and your office to make your life just a little bit easier. This is Marla Tabaka. It's been delightful being here with you today. And I will see you again next week.
Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you